wrap up our Always series. Um, so, we, I, I, have you guys enjoyed this Always series? I, that's been really good. Um, and we actually had scheduled uh, that it was over last week, but I really felt this week that the Lord just said to me, you know what, you need to wrap it up with a final word. Um, so, I'm going to wrap it up this morning with just a final word, and the word is, is, is entitled Always Encourage. Um, that's what I want to talk about this morning. We've, we've done some great messages, always honor, bless, forgive, serve, love. Uh, Bonello preached a great message last week on the fact that we always need to be growing. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, grow season is here. Are you, I hope you're signing up for something this morning. Please see the table in the foyer. Um, but today I want to talk about always encourage, and we're just about to go to Passion Week. We're just about to go to the time where Jesus went to the cross. Good Friday is the day that we celebrate um, and remember the day that he, that he did what he did. You know, he, That's the day he bled for us on the cross. And, and then Resurrection Sunday we celebrate and remember the fact that he didn't stay dead. He, that tomb is empty and he rose from the dead. And because he rose from the dead, we can have hope and expectation for the future. Amen. So we, that's kind of the week we, we, we're going into. And I hope you come and join us for Good Friday service and invite your family and your friends and especially those people who will never normally go to church but they might come on Easter, yeah? Those ones. They, bring them, okay? Uh, but I was just thinking about Jesus going to the cross. And the thing that I was just pondering this week was, was that I saw how much encouragement he had to go to the cross. Did, have you ever noticed that in the scriptures? That when he was, um, just, just before the crucifixion, like days, weeks before, there was this moment where he went up the mountain, the Mount of Transfiguration, and the disciples saw him, he literally, he, you know, with the bio, some commentators say the, the veil of his flesh was taken back and we saw his glory. And his, his, his glory was manifest on the mountain. But it was interesting that Moses and Elijah were there talking with him. And I, I've never really noticed this before, but they were talking to him about his upcoming crucifixion, about his death. That's what it actually says in the Gospels. And I was just thinking about that. Well, what was there to talk about? And, uh, and I was just pondering that, and then, you know, I looked at a few other scriptures, and I thought, well, I wonder if they were just encouraging him. You know what? Jesus, you can do this. We're behind you. We've been through our stuff. You, you're going you're to do this thing. Then Jesus leaves that place, and he goes, and he has dinner at somebody's house, and this woman comes with this really expensive perfume, and she pours it over his head. And the whole room is filled with this incredible smell, this perfume that just aromas and just fills the whole room. And the disciples get the matters like, why did she waste so much money? You know, that, that was expensive. And why are we doing it? We could have sold that, given it to the poor. It could have been better utilizing. And he said, no, this, this woman has anointed me for my burial. I thought, what is that? I thought, you know, that is just, that was the father motivating this woman to encourage his son. When she anointed him with that oil, I bet Jesus was like, this is my father just encouraging me for what I'm about to do. Um, and, and then there were, there, were, there, were, there were other moments, you know, when, when uh, Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane and he was praying and it was tough and he knew it was just hours away now from, from the moment where he was going to give his life for everyone. Um, and, he, and he prayed those words. He said, those famous words, let's all say it together. Not my will be done, but your will be done. Powerful words. He said, not my will, but yours be done. Do you know what happened immediately after he prayed that prayer? After he just said, I surrender. Angel appeared to him and strengthened him, the Bible says. So even after he had just like, okay, it's all yours, Lord. What happened was the Father sent more encouragement to Jesus. You know, then we, we go through the, the crucifixion moment and he can't carry the cross. And then there's Simon of Cyrene. And Cyrene was a city uh, in Libya, in Africa. Hallelujah. And Cyrene came and, uh, Simon came and helped him carry the cross. What, just more encouragement. You know what? You can't do this, but somebody else is going to do it. And I just got thinking about that. You know, the Son of God needed encouragement on the way to the cross to do what God to, to live out his purpose how much more do you and I need encouragement to do what God has called us to do how many of you have prayed that prayer and said okay Lord I'll do it not my will be done this is hard but yours be done 
You know what, what the Father does thereafter is He sends angels to encourage us. Now, I want you to know this morning that the God we serve is a God of encouragement. He's a God that is for us. He is a God that is always helping us along our journey, always saying, you can do this. Um, and so, you know, that's what I want to talk about this morning. But I thought I'd just start with a little conversation this morning with Mufudzi. Mufudzi, why don't you come on up here? Um, you guys know Mufudzi, one of our, our champions on campus. Have a seat, please. Step into my office. Where did that microphone go? Am I? You got it. Okay. Gosh, that thing is slippery. Um, <laughs> And uh, he's one of our, our champs from the DUT campus. Come on. And he, he, he joined our church. When did you join our church? That was... Uh, 2012. 2012. Yeah. That was a long time ago. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. You still look like the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't changed. That's <laughs> what happens when you join the worship oh, team. Sorry, you've lost the win. <laughs> so, you me look, too. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you. I, I needed that encouragement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so I remember like one of the first, it was probably the first service you arrived, we were at Science Block and you were like, hey, I want to I join this church and I was like, awesome, and, uh, and so that was 2012, okay, so you joined church in 2012 and the thing about Mufuzi is he didn't just join church, he, he like got stuck in, you know, he just got involved and, um, and and it wasn't easy for you to come because you're a Zimbo, right? Zimbo's in the house? Hallelujah! <laughs> come on. Uh, how many Zimbos we got here this morning? Come on, be proud. We, we love Zim, guys. We love Zim. Yeah. And you're welcome. Claire is a, is a Zimbo by marriage now, hey? <laughs> um, so and it wasn't the easiest thing to, to come from Zim and financially to South Africa to come to a city where you didn't really have family or friends or anyone, and it wasn't actually your university of choice. You, you had preferred to have gone to the States. You were trying and applying there, but you, you got DUT. So you weren't happy, and the finances weren't there. Were they, was the situation quite discouraging? I mean, um, yeah, a bit of a mix of both. So yeah. I'm studying chiropractic. And that's like there's only two schools on the entire continent that teach chiropractic. One is in Durban, and one in. So I was like, oh, cool! I got to do what I really want to do. But I, I, since I was like 16, I was like, I want to go to the states. I want to study in the states. Like, uh, yeah, like learn the national anthem and everything. And I'm playing. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Um, but I just, I just really knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be in healthcare, and I really wanted to. You know, I was really focused and stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So coming here was kind of like. Happy that you got yeah, Cairo. Yeah, happy that I got in Cairo, but I didn't really want to... Just like, yeah. Sure. So it wasn't really my, my choice, but yeah, I was here. Yeah. yeah. And, and then you obviously, you, you did pretty well at your studies. I mean, there was a good number of times I chatted with you and you were, you were acing your courses. Yeah, at, the, at the beginning it was easy. I guess. At the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and then later on, things happened. Later on, yeah. it got a bit hard. Yeah. Okay, but, but you got stuck in and you joined the, the chiropractics what was it, the leadership? Uh, um, yeah, so this Congress of Students, it's called the World of Congress of Chiropractic Students, and yeah. they have this really cool network of schools all around the world, and we have congresses every year, and we just make decisions about the profession and stuff. Yeah. So, so they organize like world conference a congress, it's not like, yeah, congress. so it's like okay. we sit in and we okay. make decisions. At stuff. different places in the world, yeah, and, so and then you cities. had a desire to go. Yes. Okay. Um, so the first one was in Durban, in my second year, okay. and um, by the grace of God, like somehow people just identified me and they just sponsored me to go. Okay. So I was like, oh, cool. And then the next year was in Spain. Yeah. That was 2014. Okay. And um, I remember just thinking, because um, that was like more money than I've ever imagined, like how much it was going to cost. And I'd never been out of Africa before. And just the idea of, of being a part of this Congress was like, I knew this is something that I really wanted to do. Um, but then again, it was like resources are limiting, you know. It's almost yeah. like a replaying. Of so you'd love to have done it, but it just yeah. looked impossible. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, not only did you need to get to Spain, but you had to have faith for your own yeah, studies yeah, as well, just yeah. to pay those fees off, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so it was like a big gap in terms of what I wanted. I remember there was a moment when it came across as like, are you going to do? Like, they asked me like, are you signing up? Yes or no? And in this moment, it's just like, you know, you know, if you say yes, 
you like <laughs> yeah you know like your life is going to change that moment like you know it's like you could say no and walk away from this yeah. and have that disappointment and i said yes and i had no idea where this money is going to come from and i had my own issues with the fees and stuff already anyways yeah um so yeah i just there's that moment i think people you know what i'm talking about there's that moment when you decide to do something but you have no resources to do what you wanted that thing. So it's a step of faith. You yeah. took a risk. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. you felt God was leading you. Yeah. What happened thereafter? And I mean, we, we all know you went to Spain, okay? And, and then not only Spain, the following year you, you ended up going to Atlanta as well, yeah. okay? Yeah. Um, to another Congress. What, I want to know, like, what, what helped you get there in terms of, like, from the church what did you get okay yeah. so the cool thing about being part of a church and uh, i just had this thought while i was sitting there there are seven billion people in the world right how we don't get to walk with everyone you get to walk with a certain group of people sure. and there's a specific reason why you're in this church right now in this season you could have been born 10 years ago you could have been born 10 years from now but god chose these specific people around you to be part of your family. I could have gone to the States, I could have gone to yeah. any city, whatever, and ended up in Durban. Had no friends, no family. Yeah. And God, I couldn't go to any church again. Yeah. But specifically, this is the one I ended up being in. And this is like, God's put the people that I needed around me to give me ideas of how to get sponsorship, give me encouragement, like, you know, you can pursue this thing, you can chase after it. And just like right here in this room, God's put the people around you to encourage you to be there for you. And I've personally, I mean, over the past couple of years, yeah. uh, I've received, I can like, look at people's faces here, yeah, like I can tell different stories you've had, different conversations um, with people. And it's so random, like I'm from another country, yeah. another city. I grew up, I'd like, you know, my whole life, for like yeah. 20 years was different. And then all of a sudden, boom, I'm here in this place. And it's very specific. God made the world smaller just, you know, just for me. That's how it feels like right now. Um... And that's, I, I think, I can't even, um, I couldn't have organized this myself. Yeah. Like, I, I'm a very, like, um, I like things, <laughs> for those who know me very well, I like things to go my way. <laughs> like, when I, yeah, I like, I like, if I want something, like, this is specifically, this is what I like, yeah, if you know me very well, you'd know. Um, but then God doesn't work with our agenda particularly, but he's, he's got the plan already. I don't feel like I'm not answering no, that's fine. <laughs> so I'm just, you. You kind of said it though, but like yeah. it was God put people around you. Yeah. And you would never have got to Spain, Atlanta, Botswana, if it wasn't for those relationships yeah. and those people encouraging you, giving you ideas, that sort of thing yeah. on the journey. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, it's definitely, definitely. I couldn't have, I couldn't have planned it out this way. Yeah. So. I mean, from yeah. my side, when I looked at this guy and he told me he wants to get to Spain and I looked at the cost and there was that thing of like, in my heart, like, I thought, whoa, this looks like a bridge too far. Like, champ, maybe you're aiming too high, you know? Um, but I remember encouraging him and saying, you know what, if God's called you, you can do this thing. And I was just, I've, I've stood back and I've watched this guy's life and I've been amazed. You know, God took him to Spain. He took him then to Atlanta and just opened incredible doors for him. And it's all been just, you know, a spiritual family coming around side and saying, I believe in you. You can do this. Keep moving forward. Don't give up. You know, it's been amazing. Yeah. Amen. 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 All right. Well, let's, let's leave it there. What my point is, thanks. Um, this is what church needs to be. If we're going to be anything, we've got to be this place of encouragement where we believe in each other and we're helping each other get to the destiny that God has for us. Amen? I've got the scripture I want to share with you. It's in Corinthians. It'll, it'll come up. It says, it's in 1 Corinthians 14. And just, just to give you some context to the scripture, Paul is actually... Um, he's, he's talking about spiritual gifts in this chapter and how we're supposed to use spiritual gifts in the church. And he says, out of all the spiritual gifts, I really pray that you would really desire to prophesy the most. Like he, he, he kind of singles out this one gift and it's called the gift of prophecy. And he says, I, I, really, if you desire any spiritual gifts, desire this one. And then he describes what the gift of prophecy is for. He says it's to the one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. So the, the purpose of prophecy is to strengthen, encourage, and comfort. That's this gift. And Paul singles it out because he knows it's the gift, this gift that will then 
encourage the body and strengthen and comfort the body and then the body will do what the body is called to do. What he's doing is he's highlighting just the importance of encouragement and how we need encouragement in the body of Christ. I, I remember teaching on the gifts of the Spirit quite a while back on campus and um, and we were like, okay, right, we're going we're gonna to prophesy for people. And, you know, we, we had some leaders up and we called some people forward. And I remember there was this one girl and she was like, no, I'm not going to go forward. So I, just, I left her, you know. And then the prophecy was happening and it was awesome and stuff's going on. And then I just kind of like went up to her and I just said, hey, do, do you do not want to go up there? And she was like, no. So I was like, are you sure? Is it, you know, you know? She's like, no. So I was like, okay. Is there any reason why? You know, um, and she was like, "I'm, I'm scared they're gonna tell everyone the bad stuff I've done." <laughs> That's what she said. I'm, I'm scared they're gonna call out the the stuff that I haven't been all that good, and 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 I had to explain to her, "No, no, no. Prophecy is to strengthen you. It's to encourage you, and it's to comfort you." You know, if, if it's coming out negative, it's not prophecy. It's not what, this, that's not this gift that we're talking about. This is what we're doing over here. But in her mind and her heart, she, she had this idea that God would use this moment to expose all the bad stuff that she's done in her life. Anyone else ever felt like that? You're a little bit nervous, maybe you go forward, then it's going to be like, last week you, you know? And it's like, ah! Let me run away. I know I've spoken to some people, they're, like, they're scared of like, talking to pastors because maybe God's telling them all the bad stuff that I've done. So they like dodge pastors, you know? And you're like, hi, and they're like running away, you know? Because um, I think you're getting this like, supernatural download of all the evil and the sin that you've done in your life, you know? But the Bible clearly says that this is not our God. That, you know what, when God has the opportunity to speak to us through somebody else, through this gift called prophecy, that He doesn't call out the negative. He's got the opportunity to do it. We could, it could have said in the Bible that He prophesies rebukes and chastens and disciplines. You know, it could have come out like that, but He was like, God has got the opportunity to speak to you. What does He do? He calls out the good in you. He calls out the good in you. He sees the treasure inside of you and he speaks to the treasure inside of you and he calls that out. And I thought, isn't that what Jesus did, man? When, when, when Simon came to him, he was like, you're Peter. You know, Simon means shifting sands. Peter means rock. Jesus saw a rock in shifting sands. Sands, all right? Shifting sands. Say that ten times fast. You know, that's going to be a tongue twister. The... The, that, you know, Peter's nature was like that. He was wishy-washy. He was kind of like double-minded. He was like, you know, not stable. And but Jesus looks at him and says, you're rock. You're, you're Kephas. You're Peter. And on this rock, I'm going to build my church. You know, this, he, he looks into Peter and he saw what was good and he called it out. Same thing with Nathaniel. Nathaniel was coming to him and he said, this is a true son of Israel, one in whom there is no guile. And, and like Nathaniel's like, this guy knows me. You know, like, I wouldn't say that about me, you know. But Jesus honored him and called out the good in him. When he was speaking with his disciples, he said to them, Greater things shall you do because I'm going to go to the Father. And they're all like, Jesus, you're the one who does the great things. And he's looking at them saying, No, greater things. But Jesus, you've done the greatest. He's like, Greater things will you do. In other words, I believe in you. And I've done some great stuff, but you're going to do even greater than me. How's that for the heart of, of Christ? That, that, that he, you know, he would look at us and see the potential that's locked in us. And he, would, and he would speak to it and call it out and release it. And I don't know about you, but this is all I've encountered from God in my walk with Him. But you know, I, there's many times where I've fallen, when I've slipped up, when I've done things wrong, when I've failed or whatever, and I go to my quiet time and I'm expecting to be... You know, Kosiyam, 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 I'm back again and I'm sorry. And you know what? <laughs> All I hear from him is, come on, get up, you can do it. Get up, you can do it. I believe in you, champ. Persevere. That's all he does. And then he surrounds me with people who keep saying that as well, you know, if it's not enough. <laughs> we serve a God who is always encouraging us. 
always encouraging us, always speaking to the good in us, always seeing what we, what the potential that's in us. And if we're gonna, if we're gonna show this God to the world, like that scripture in, in one Peter, you know, we've been called to to show the virtues of God. One of the virtues of God is that He's an encourager, so we need to be encouragers too. That we need to be like this God to the world. That we need to be the mouth for God. That we need to be the person that, that comes alongside other people and says, come on, you can do this thing. Wow, that's a big vision. Hey, with God, all things are possible. Amen? I think if you left the presence of Jesus, you probably felt like you could do anything. Three scriptures I want to share with you. Romans 15 verse 5 says the following. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement. What does God give? And what was Paul's prayer? That that same mind that was in Christ would be in in, in us, that towards each other. That this God who gives us endurance, He gives us encouragement, and that, that it was coming through Jesus to His disciples, and that was Jesus' heart for His disciples. Man, I believe in you guys. You're going to take the gospel to the nations. You're going to do greater things than me. And, and Paul's prayer is that that same mind, that same heart of an encourager would be in us as well towards each other. I want you to start seeing yourself as an encourager this morning. That God has called you, that your destiny on this planet is to be an encourager. That you are meant to be the person who speaks life and hope. You're the person who is meant to be alongside others saying, you can, get get up again, you can, get up again, you can. That that is actually what he wants his body to be this morning. That this is what, as a church, this is how we should be towards each other, but also towards the world. I remember being at, um, as a parent, I, you know, one of the, the coolest things is you get to go to sports events at schools, you know, and it's just, it's awesome, you know. Um, I, I just love going to these sports events, there's galas and running races, and so there's, there's this one gala that <laughs> I went to, and it always makes me laugh. So, you know, you always, it's like you have the stand and where all the parents sit, you know, and then all the kids, you know, line up and then they, you know, blow the whistle and swim and, you know, and then the parents are clapping and then when it's your kid, you know, the iPhone comes out and the tablets and it's like picture moments and, and there's like, go Johnny, go Rafiweg, you know, there's like the, these like shouts from the, from the parents in the stands, you know, going for it. Well, there's always, there's always one parent who's just a little bit extra, you know? There was this one woman, man, and shame her, like her daughter couldn't really swim that well, you know? So she, like, she, man, if she could have, she would have jumped in the pool and swam with her daughter, you know? Her daughter would line up and, boy, this mom would be on her feet, saying, you can do it, you can do it! And we were all just like, wow, this woman, you know? And she would be screaming and screaming, and her child would come like six, you know, or out of seven, you know. And she would be like, yeah! Awesome! You know? And then there was this one time, man. This one time. It was almost like became this joke amongst the parents, like, what are you going to do this time? Then we had this house gala, and this mom, okay, her daughter lines up, and we're all just like, what's going to happen? This is going to be awesome. Man, she was like more on fire than we've ever seen her before. This mom, okay, the true story, okay. She gets out of the stand, runs, jumps, you know, all the parents sitting on these stands, these levels. She jumps from the top all the way down as her child gets to the start. They both us, the child dives in the pool, starts swimming. She's screaming for her kid. We're like, yeah, this is, we know this, we know, we've seen this. Then... She runs to the end of the, the, the pool where, the, where all the swimmers arrive. She gets down on her knees in the lane 
that her, her child is swimming in. I don't know if you can see me. She gets on her knees like this. I'm not joking, people. This is a true story. All the rest of us are now taking pictures of her, not the children. You know? She's on her knees and she's screaming like this. Come! Come! Swim! Swim! The teachers don't know what to do with this crazy woman. And she swims, and her child swims to the end, gets to the lane, and she just hugs her child. The child's all the way, hugs her child like, well done. You know, it was, it was, it was freaky, but it was also cool, you know? Um, and, and I just thought, and that kid was happy, eh? She wasn't embarrassed. She was like, this is my mom, hugs mom back, you know? Um, maybe she's like still young, you know, so it's, it was all right. <laughs> I know my kids are like, dad. Keep it down. Um, but it, you know, I got thinking about that, and and the and and the story that came came to mind was Luke 15, the prodigal father, watching his son come home. He ran to the end of the garden lane. His son arrived. The, in the Amplified, it says he fell on his neck and kissed him fervently. And I just thought, guys, we have this is a picture of our dad, that he is actually at the end of your lane cheering you on saying you can do this thing and so you know what happens we we slip up and sin and we fall and we go off track and stuff like that and we think that he's now there ready to condemn us but the bible says that there is no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus but he's actually saying you can do it you can get out of this thing you know when we see peter messes up and sin where what's jesus attitude to him I'm going to cleanse you. I'm going to restore you. I still believe in you. I'm going to put you back on track. You're going to do this thing. You know, that is the heart of our Father to us. The God who gives endurance and encouragement. That's what He's doing for you and I. Another scripture I want to share with you um, is Hebrews 12. It says the following, Therefore, we, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So n- not, only, not only do we have a heavenly Father who's just like, you can do this thing, but we've got this cloud, the Bible talks about this cloud of witnesses. And, and what is this cloud of witness that Paul is talking about yet? Well, sorry, not Paul, we don't know who wrote Hebrews. Alright, the author of Hebrews, what... What, what is this cloud of, of witnesses that he's talking about? If you read chapter 11 of Hebrews, you'll see that he talks about all the great men and women of faith. And he speaks about the example and, and what they've done and how by faith they've you know, shut the mouths of lions and by faith they've persevered through tribulations and trials and even unto martyrdom. They've, you know, they went all out. This cloud of witnesses is all the men and women of faith who have now finished their journey. And what are they doing? They're surrounding us. And, they, and their lives are testifying to us. They're witnessing to us. And they, what do they say? They say, if I did it, you can do it as well. Guys, we have got a heavenly Father who is encouraging us. But we've also got a cloud of witnesses. We've got... Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, we've got David, Samuel, Jeremiah, Nehemiah, all these people who were wrapped up in the same story that we wrapped up, and they're like, come on, Durban, you can do this thing. Come on, Beatrice, you can do this. Come on, Quanella, you can do this thing. Come on, TK, come on, Claire, you can do this. Their lives are witnessing that if I did it, you can do it as well. Which says to me that the culture of heaven is one of encouragement. If we're going to be a, a, a church that really believes in heaven on earth, we've got to be a church that encourages one another. With the, the, the ethos here, you know, and churches can slip into critical spirits and, oh, I don't like that song and, you know, I don't like this person when they, you know, you know and, they, and did you see what that person was wearing? And we, we can slip into this judgmentalism, critical kind of thing and it's the exact opposite of what we're meant to be. We're meant to be a body that, you know what, man, we just believe in each other. And we're like, come on, you can do this. You can take your campus. Fanele, you're a woman minister and we approve of you and you're mighty and you're going to change Westville and lead many people to the Lord. And you are strong, man. Yeah. That, 
That's what, that's all we're giving to each other. You know? Why do we need it? <laughs> Boy, do we need it. If you don't feel like you need it today, man, I can tell you maybe tomorrow. <laughs> we need it. Where would I be, I think sometimes, if it wasn't for the prophetic words that I've received and those little SMSs and those prayers and those encouragements from my spiritual family? I don't know. I don't think I'd, I'd be there. I don't think I'd get there. We all need it. Amen? Another scripture I want to share with you is, is the scripture in, in Hebrews 10. It says the following. It says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. Um, that word encourage over there. Well, actually, let me start with the word motivate over there. That, that word motivates is paruxmus, and, it, and it's, it actually can be used in a negative sense as well. It's, it, you, it was used to describe an argument between Paul and Mark that happened in, in the book of Acts, that they were just they were clashing, they were rubbing each other the, the wrong way. But if you take the word and you use it in a positive sense, it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to provoke you, or I'm going to rub you to do the right thing. Okay, and, and the NIV actually translates that word as spur. Let us spur one another on. And you, how many of you know what a spur is? It's that thing that at the end of a cowboy boot, that, that spiky thing that, that you actually dig into the horse to make a gallop when it, you need it. Because you can't really talk to a horse. You can't say gallop horsey. You know, they don't know. So, so you have to you dig your spurs in and then the horse takes off and goes. And this is what the, the saying that our, let's motivate one another, let's provoke one another. Saying, you know, and why? Because, because we, we settle, our default is we, we settle into complacency and we settle into negativity. We make friends with negativity and failure so easily. Isn't it true? We're just like, ah, oh, failure, ah, oh, negative, ah, oh, nothing's going wrong, ah, oh, Durban this, ah, oh, the government that, ah, oh, this, whatever. You know, we just, we're friends with it. And it becomes part of who we are. And it becomes, uh, we conform to this world. Because isn't that what's all that's out there in this world? Everything is negative, you know? I mean, I'm just like, everything is negative. It's like, you know, like something good will happen and then someone will highlight, but it it was like one little negative thing about it and we'll focus on that negative thing. You know, it's like, and then we do the same in our own lives. We achieve great things, and then, but it wasn't perfect. And we think of that, you know, nine things went right in the meeting, but one didn't go right. And what do we think about? That one thing that didn't go right. You have a conversation or an interview or a job interview and you think it goes well and then you said that one thing and you're like, now it's all bad. Now it's all bad. Why? Because we make friends with this thing. And so the Bible is saying when we spur each other, we need to say, ah, ah. We've got to say, no. You, you know, Marunwa, you're not staying there. You, you, you're getting out of that thing. And Clyde, no. You know, we, we, we spur each other on. We, we're not going to be friends with negativity. We're going to motivate each other out of it. Um, when we see that we're sinking into it, it's like we've got to be like that, that one that provokes the person out. Amen. And then that word um, over there, encourage, is the word parakaleo. And para means to come alongside, and kaleo means to call. So the, the direct translation of the, of the word encouragement is, Spore, come on, you're, the, you're the, always the, the one. Spore's on his journey. <laughs> he always gets called for illustrations. He's on his journey to his destiny. Okay? And, and he's coming across obstacles in his path. Wow. Thank goodness that chair was there. Okay? And, um, and if I'm going to encourage him, you can just stay there. Just don't, don't be so... Okay. <laughs> I haven't encouraged you yet. <laughs> so parakleo means I'm going to come alongside and I'm going to call him out of where he's at. I'm going to call him into his future. All right? I'm going to say, Spore, you can get around this thing. Now you're encouraged, champ. Now you can go. And... And he can go to his Jesse. So I'm going to come alongside and I'm going to call him out 
of the traps, out of the things that come, the obstacles that come his way, so that he can get to his destiny, champion. And you will get there. Amen. Um, so that's, that's what the word encouragement is. Come alongside. And I want to ask you this morning, who can you come alongside? Who do you need to like, get next to and, and call out the good in them? Call out the, uh, the, the, the gift in their life. Call out the treasure. Call out their destiny in their life. That's what it means to actually encourage someone. I like that. So we all need encouragement. Amen? Now, we need to be encouragers. So I thought this morning, let us think of ways to motivate each other. I thought of a way that we could motivate each other this morning. Amen. Amen. We're going to get practical. Amen. I want to teach you... No, Pastor, we're happy just to receive this morning. No, you need to be equipped too, okay? So, we, we're going we're we're to wrap this morning with a practical, okay? I'm going to teach you four power statements. Can you say power statements? Yeah, come on, we've got some power in the house. You've got to say power. Can you say power? Okay, four power statements. These power statements need to become part of your vocabulary. If you're called as a child of God, then you're called to be an encourager like your father's an encourager. Th- these, these words need to flow out of your lips so easy and so awesomely and so anointedly for every person that's around you in your life. Okay, are we ready? Avi, let's go to the first one. Let's say it all together. I believe in you. We're going to add champ on there. Lange... Okay? We do champ in this church, okay? <laughs> um, I believe in you. I believe in you. Can you look at somebody and try it this morning? Just say it. Let's just practice, you don't? Okay? Let's just practice. I want you to get used to Cassandra. Awesome to see you this morning. Come on. I believe in you. Come on. How awesome, how awesome is it to have people who believe in you? Have you noticed that like, when we go out into the world, the world doesn't believe in us? Have you noticed that? In fact, the world wants you to prove yourself. In every situation, you get a job, you have to prove yourself. You started new studies, you have to prove yourself. Some of us grew up in families where we had to prove ourselves. <laughs> you know, there wasn't there, I believe in you, okay? So, you know, we're constantly in this mode of having to prove ourselves, and sometimes it's hard to prove yourself. Sometimes you don't feel like you can do it. Sometimes you, you just you look at the circumstances and you look at your skills and you just don't feel like you can do it. How awesome it is when there's a group of people who say, we believe in you. And we know you're smart. We know you can finish this course. We know you can get that promotion. We know you can get through this circumstance. We, know, we believe in you as a person. We've we, we seen you. We know you. I believe in you. The illustration I have in my mind is of a boxer going into the ring. And then after the round, where does he go? Goes to his corner. And what happens in his corner? He's got people who believe in him. Man, you can do this. You can knock this guy's lights out. And they clean him up and they, they you know, stitch him up. And they're like, I don't know what else they do. They, they, they're busy there, you know. They, they're busy in that corner and it's pretty gross and whatever's happening there. But they, but they have a corner to go into. And I don't know if it's the, the scars that are getting healed that, or if it's more about the inner man getting restored in that moment. Come on. That, you know, we, when there, were, there were these, I, I read this um, the story about there were two groups started at a university, um, uh, writers groups. And the one group called themselves the critique of writers. Okay. And the other group called themselves the, just, just a, 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 a group of encouragement. Okay? They, they were in a, a group that was going to encourage new writers. Encouraging new writers. That's what they called themselves. Okay? And the other group was a critique of writers. 
Do you know, out of the group of the, called the Critique of Writers, nobody published books. And out of the group that encouraged writers, everyone published a book. The power of criticism and the power of encouragement. You know, the, word, the, the Latin word for inspiration is inspirado. Inspirazo. And it, and it literally means this, to breathe into. So kind of like you'd blow up a balloon or you'd, you'd see, have you ever seen a hot air balloon getting filled up? Um, it, it's the same thing. To inspire someone is to fill their inner man. It's to, and, and the reason why a, a hot air balloon rises okay, is because the, the, there's got more on the inside <laughs> than there is on the outside. And so there's only got one way to go, and that's up. Yeah? So be, you've always got to get big before you go big. <laughs> All right? So how big are you on the inside? And that comes through encouragement, through inspiration. And it comes from people who believe in you. And I know all of us need to have someone in our corner, but whose corner are you in? Because it's all about me, eh? Yeah, we're always about, like, who's in my corner and no one's there. But whose corner are you in? Who, have you maybe identified a few people and said, you know what, I'm going to be in her corner. I'm going to be in his corner. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be just in the corner. And I just want to see them punch the lights out of the devil, amen? <laughs> and win in that marriage and win in that circumstance. I'm in their corner. Whose corner are you in? Think quickly. Who? Maybe one person, two people, three people. Can you get up to three? Who's, are, you, are you in three people's corner? Spouses. My goodness, you need to be in your spouse's corner, amen? If, if anyone needs to be in your corner, <laughs> your spouse must be in your corner, amen? That's, like, that's the non-negotiable. Now think of someone else, okay? <laughs> that's, like the non, that's like entry level, okay? That you, that you can see your spouse going the distance and becoming who they're called to be. Men, it's not only the women who have to be in our corner. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> men, we need to be in, in, our, in our wife's corner. Amen? Can I have one amen? amen. Woo! <laughs> Are you in your wife's corner, guys? Do you believe in her that she can do this thing? Or is it about you, eh? And you, ah, okay, alright, that's good. Just, I don't have to preach to God. Okay, so number one was I, let's have a big one, let's go. Okay, awesome. Next one. Second power statement this morning. You can do this. Let's all say it together. You champ. <laughs> you can do this. I remember I was looking at some circumstances that were a little bit tough many years ago, and I was just, and I went to the God of encouragement. I don't know if this is all I get from God. I don't know about you, but I, some of us, I think we need to reframe how we see this God. That he's not waiting to shambok you. And I know it's hard if you grew up in a family where you were shambocked, okay? That, that you put that picture onto God. I want you to look at the word and reprogram your mind about who this God is. Okay, you need to think of him differently. You're, you're, it'll help you, okay? Look at, just read the word. What does the word say he is? That's who he is to me, okay? What am I talking about? You can do this. So I was going to, going to, <laughs> come and preach, Wayne. You can do this. <laughs> oh man, champ. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so there I was, I was going through this thing and I, was, I went to God and, and He was encouraging me and He was speaking to me out of the book of Samuel and the life of Samuel. And I was just getting encouragement from him. And, and, and I was like, and he was just saying, you can do this. I know the circumstances look tough, but you can do this. Not kidding. Five minutes later, Rob sends me a text message saying, hey Wayne, I just really feel like God is saying that you're like a Samuel. No way. Seriously. Yeah. That, he doesn't even know what that SMS did. For me, but I was literally talking to God, and God was saying, "Like you're like Samuel in this situation. You're like a, you, you're a Samuel." And then I got that, and that can only be God, 
that can only be God. And Rob is, I mean, he's, in, he's just always encouraging me. If anyone's in my corner, Robbie's in my corner, you know. And, and, but, but who can you send that text to? That you just feel something from God that, you know what, just, and Clyde, you can do this thing. You, you can get through this marital problem. You can get through this, this, this time of looking for a job. You can get through this parenting issue that you're looking through. You can do this. You know, don't underestimate the power of, of sending that message out. It doesn't cost you anything. You know, it would be good just to sit at the end of your quiet time with him and, and go, Lord, okay, who? Who can I, who can you flow through me to? And, get, and send a word to. Do that. You can do this. Amen. Number one was? Number two? Number three? Keep moving forward. Yeah. Okay. Um, how many of you enjoy animations? I love them. I mean, they're not for kids. They're for adults. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> how many of you enjoyed Meet the Robinsons? Hey, that's an old one. I loved it, man. That one was so cool. The whole movie is summarized in the, in the phrase, keep moving forward. The whole movie is like that phrase, okay? That's all. Keep moving forward. This little boy gets abandoned and drops at an orphanage home. And his only like, hope in life is that somebody is going to adopt him. He's a brilliant genius. And he always comes up with these crazy inventions. And he's always blowing up things. So nobody actually wants to adopt him. All right? So he spends most of his days, you know, and then he decides he's going to invent a machine that will get into his brain and go and find the memories of his mom so he can find his real mom. Because he realized that only his real mom will actually maybe adopt him or come get him. So he invents this machine that can tap into his memories to, to try and find out who his real mom is. And then through circumstances in the movie, he gets transported into the future and he gets to see who he's going to become. This incredible inventor, this person who changes the world and, and all this stuff. And, and in this, there's this moment where he's faced with a choice. Do I keep moving forward into my destiny or do I go backwards? And he makes this choice and he says, you know what, the future is brighter than the past. And he keeps moving forward. And that's what the whole movie is about. Isn't this what Paul said in, in Philippians chapter 3? He says, one thing I do, brethren, forget those things which are behind and pressing forward to which those things which are ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? This, is, this, is our, this needs to be our attitude. Forget those things which are behind. You know, all of us fail. All of us mess up. And some of you, you've got people around you now who are stuck and they, they're trapped in, in failure or hurt or a relationship that didn't work out or a job that didn't work out or a business that didn't work out, what are you going to say to them? Keep moving forward. Why do we keep moving forward? Because our greatest days are still in front of us. Amen? All right, the, the, the latter glory is going to be greater than the former glory. Amen? God's, the, the, Paul says in Philippians, it's an... It's an upward journey. It's an upward call of God. God is always calling us from glory to glory. Your greatest days are still in front of you. Maybe you don't look back on failures, but I, you know what? I can tell you now, whatever your achievements are, there's more. <laughs> there's, there's greater things still to come for you. That this is what our God, He calls us up and into things, into the next thing. Amen? So we need to keep moving forward and encourage others to keep moving forward. Next one. Let's go all together. God has great things for you. Okay, let's try it from the beginning. Okay, so we're going to go through all four sides to say them after each other, okay? I believe in you. You can do this. Keep moving forward. God has great things for you. Okay, can you turn to somebody and just say those four things this morning? Come on, just turn to somebody. Thank you. I believe in you. Come on. I'm in your corner. Ah. <laughs> Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet this morning. There are some of us who have the gift of encouragement.
There's some of us who have that gift. For the rest of us, I want to say we've got to work on it. We're going to work on it. When people leave you, do they feel like they believed in? Your staff, your employees, your colleagues, your friends, your family, do they, do they feel like you, be, you believe in them? That, that you're in their corner? Do you say, when was the last person, that, who was the last person that you said, greater things are still to come in your life? When was the last time you actually said that to someone? Couldn't you say that to someone every day? You could, hey. You know, one of the things I, I re- realized when I was w- working on campus, that I was working with a broken generation. And people who have no concept of family, you know, grew up in, in, in just you know, abandonment, found their own way to varsity. And the first time they heard... The words, I believe in you, was from somebody in church. Can you believe that? We've got such a broken generation. We have got so many broken people around us every day. What is the one thing that we can give that costs us nothing, man? It's encouragement. What's the one thing that we get to God every time we go to Him? It's encouragement. I mean, He disciplines those who He loves, but He even encourages us through our discipline. Amen? (laughs) (laughs) that's how awesome our God is let's pray Father we come before you this morning and we thank you for being such an encouraging awesome Father to us we think about how you encouraged Jesus your son you said this is my son in whom I'm well pleased and then every all the way to 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 the cross you you, you kept sending people and you, you kept encouraging him because that's who you are. That's who you are. That's who you are. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Can we just thank him? Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for being in our corner. Thank you for believing in us. Thank you that you're for us, not against us, God.